Hello, and welcome to the Why the World Needs You podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Fritz, and today I have Layla Griffin here with me. Layla is an empath and HSP coach that goes by the name The Herbal Empath. Based out of Northern Virginia, Layla uses her platform on social media to empower other empaths and highly sensitive people to show up as experts in their field, using their sensitivity as the key to their success. Layla, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I'm, I'm really excited to have this conversation. We met on Instagram a while yes. back, and honestly, I don't really even remember how. Do you remember how? I don't remember how. I just remember, all I remember is that, I don't remember the exact time that we met or, you know, that we started talking, but it was just like, we started commenting back and forth on each other's posts. And I was like, wait, this guy like, is like my empath brother, (laughs) you know, like I just felt like that immediate empath connection. So that's what I remember. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. No, same thing for me. It was like, I read a handful of your stuff and was just like, yes, like that's <laughs> that was like so cool. And what, what was interesting for me is that I had, as I was getting into my coaching journey and really refining who it was that I wanted to help, um, helping empaths was something that came up for me. I didn't end up deciding on that, but at least not who I wanted to focus on working with. But as an empath, I should mention that I'm an empath and HSP myself. So, so that's something that's pretty near and dear to my heart. So as, as I saw your messaging, I was just like, oh, this is so cool. This is not where I ended up focusing, but it's an area that I think is really, really interesting messaging and people that need to be helped. So love what you do. And I'm just really excited to talk more about your story and and hear how you ended up where you're where you're at now awesome I am excited to talk about it because it was a really roundabout way how I got here <laughs> yeah so I know your story a little bit from from when we've talked but let's just kind of start at the beginning like how did you how did you get to to coaching empaths what did that look like so that kind of I don't want to say happened by accident because I don't think anything is an accident, but it, it felt accidental um, because I, you know, did all the normal things that everybody does. You know, I got a job, bought a house, bought a car, all that kind of stuff. And I worked in an office job um, or in office jobs for probably over 15 years. And I was at my last office job for over 10 years. And I thought, okay, that's where I'm going to be. That's where I'm going to say, that's just what's going to happen. And then the universe decided that's not what I was going to do. And that's not what, (laughs) where I was going to stay. And so, um, I ended up quitting that job because it was just, it was a lot. It was, you know, just a normal office job, but I was always so anxious. I was, you know, I wasn't myself. I was always sick. I was always just, you know, not, not in a good place. And so at the end of 2017, when I quit that job, I was like, okay, what the heck am I supposed to do now? And that kind of shifted me into virtual assistant work because it was office work. I was just working from home. And from there, I was still kind of in that bad headspace because I was still doing things that I didn't really want to do, but it was, it was things that I thought I was supposed to do. And then again, that shifted into social media work and And as I started doing social media work, I started figuring out, okay, what I'm being told to do by like marketing people, by coaches, by all of that doesn't really fit with who I am as an empath, as a highly sensitive person. The things that they were telling me to do was just burning me out so fast. I I just wanted to hide. I wanted to just not be anywhere on social media. But at the same time, I was working for myself now and I was trying to build my own business. So I had to do something. And then that's kind of how I started on this empath journey because I was like, okay, I cannot be the only person feeling this way. I can't be the only person who's struggling with social media, struggling to get my name out there by trying to be an extrovert or trying to be, you know, someone that I'm not. And so that's kind of how it, how it shifted (laughs) into what it is right now. So interesting. And yes, so many so many pieces there. So I'm, I'm curious right off the bat, Mm -hmm. 
did you, so like when you were working your corporate job, did you identify the reasons that you were kind of like feeling like all those feelings that you had, did you associate that with being sensitive and kind of that empath nature or did you not make the connection at the time? In hindsight, yes. But at the time, no, I just thought this is what everybody does. This is everybody hates their job. Everybody gets sick. Everybody, you know, just, you just push through it and you just do it. Like that's just life. You just do Mm it. Mm -hmm. Um, it wasn't until I quit. And then I had this, these months where I could just rest and, (laughs) and like, you know, let my brain and my body like come back to normal or what, you know, it, it means to be normal for me that I realized how far I was pushing myself and how much I was pushing myself outside of who I actually was and what I need to function as a human being and as an empath and a highly sensitive person. So in hindsight, yes, but at the time, no, not at all. Yeah, totally get that. And I mean, that's kind of, that's gotta be kind of liberating like in hindsight to be like, Oh, like there's (laughs) a reason I was feeling this way. I'm not just crazy. I'm not just insane. I'm not so different. Yeah. Yeah, because I didn't realize that, you know, not everybody has a panic attack when they get in the car to drive to work <laughs> and, you know, that kind of thing. And and to to have a new normal once I left that was so was so freeing because it was like it was like my body was finally saying, Oh my gosh, thank you. Like you're resting now. I'm not sick anymore. You know, my the anxiety that I feel is not as 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 harsh. It's not as, you know, it's still something you have to deal with, but you know, it was just like, my body was like, Oh my gosh, thank you. So, yeah. Yeah. Before I, so I want to talk a little bit more about that, but before we go there, when like, is it stuck out to me how you said you just felt that, you know, you had to push through, you just figured that everybody was feeling this way, that this is just how things were, right? Like this is just Mm -hmm. what you thought was normal so I'm just curious, how was that something that you felt was normal? Was that something that was like explicitly said to you or like messaging around? Or do you think it was just kind of like general society and things that you just kind of absorbed? Yeah, I think it was just, I think, I think it was a little bit of everything. So I think it was culture. I mean, for anybody who's at, had an office job, it's kind of like common. It's normal to just complain about your job, to be like, oh, I don't want to be here today. Or, oh, you know. I hate traffic or, uh, so it's just like, that's the first thing you say to your coworkers in the morning is good morning. Oh, I was stuck in traffic. Uh, you know, so it's, it's kind of like that culture, but then it's also how I grew up. And I think a lot of us grow up. It's like, this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to go to school. You're supposed to go to college. You're supposed to get a job. You're supposed to get a car. You're supposed to get a house. And it's like this checklist that you have to have. Mm -hmm. And so because you've checked off this this thing on the list, I have a job. You kind of just put everything else to the side, like not wondering if you're happy having this job, not wondering if, you know, you could be doing something that's more fulfilling. It's just like, you check this off. So, okay. You just have to stay here. That's just what you do. You just work until you can retire. And then you do fun stuff when you retire, (laughs) you know? Isn't that crazy? I I like, you know, for both of us in hindsight, it seems so clear, but like, just to look back on that, because that's totally how I felt too. And I think that's how most people see it is just checking that off the list. And like you said, like just not questioning whatsoever, not, and I mean, this is a lot of what I do with my work and my clients is focusing on priorities and values and then using that to shape your life, which that should be normal to me, you know, to me, like that, sh- that shouldn't be the, the, you know, like I'm, I'm grateful to, to be able to do what I do, but you shouldn't need me. Right. Like you shouldn't need right. somebody helping you figure out how to create your life based on your values and priorities. Like that's something yeah. that we should have known years ago, instead of yeah. just having this, this, like you said, checklist of being like, okay, I've got a job. This is what it is for the next 30 or 40 years. And so, right. so yeah, you know, that's, that's my soapbox moment there, but like, <laughs> you got to know what my triggers are, Layla. You're just going to set me off into these. All right, man. Sorry. <laughs> um, no. So I think I, I'm happy you brought that up 
And I just think it's so interesting. And I want to bring it back to what you said about the the culture. The first thing you say to your coworkers in the morning, or the first thing you say to your spouse when you get home or your partner or your friends when you go out to grab a drink. And that was the part for me that a couple years into that, because I, I know I lasted in the corporate world for two years even a year into that, to me, just started to feel so wrong and so bad. I, you know, I'm like, I'm a person that just loves life. Like I'm just, I'm just Mm -hmm. optimistic and I'm just passionate and happy by nature. So for me, there was just like a deep unsettling feeling of how does this make sense? How can I be unhappy? How can my coworkers be so unhappy? Like, how is this how we were supposed you know quote unquote supposed to live this just doesn't make sense to me and so that was for me my moment where I started questioning everything and was like wait a second this just can't be right like this just can't be how life is yeah yeah and it's it's just so it's so weird how like normalized it is to just be so unhappy you know like like you were saying like why is the first thing we're doing not practicing gratitude and figuring out what makes us happy and figuring out where our priorities are. Our first thing is always like checking off that thing on the list. And then five steps after that, you're asking, Oh, am I happy? But by that time it's too late. And you're already like sucked into this just unhappy icky ickiness. And you just keep going because it's just like this cycle of just, you know, being unhappy, but, you know, able to say, oh, I have a job or, oh, I have a car. Oh, I have this house or, oh, I have this money. But you're really just inside. You're not fulfilled. It's not, it's not good. So what's the point of having all of that? Right. And there is that tendency to rationalize, right? Like, okay, I may be feeling shitty. And even if this wasn't normal, I should be happy because I have X. Right. Right, and so we're rationalizing away our our lives, and it's it's just kind of a weird thing. And I can also see where other people on the flip side are like, you know, oh, we're just idealists. Like you just work. Like that's just how things are. You need to suck mm-hmm. it up and just do what you need to do. But fortunately, we don't live in a world where that's the case anymore. You know, there's right. there's not a ton of scarcity. There's plenty of resources to go around. We have so much opportunity with the. Um, the world we live in and technology and all those things, but we're still kind of, I feel like we're still living this blueprint of just do something to provide for yourself and your family. And then you can be happy later. Absolutely. I think, I think you're right. I think we're still stuck in, and maybe that's like an ancestral trauma response. I don't know, but it's the same thing. Like with anxiety, it's like we, anxiety is a good thing because it keeps us safe. But in the world that we live in now, the amount of anxiety that we have is just, not that it shouldn't be there, but that, you know, we're not in survival mode. Like you said, we have so many resources at our disposal. There's no reason that we have to live in this fear and scarcity mindset. Um, And there's no reason that we have to feel like we need to just provide and just work and just do because, you know, it may not be there tomorrow. Because the thing is, we do have so many resources and you know we're we're we live in like this just overly abundant time and we should be you know claiming that abundance and and living that beautiful life and not that scarcity mindset life i love it so so good the (laughs) the words that like as as you're saying that the words that i use for this in i mean for me just how i personally personally visualize things but also in like my messaging is we kind of have this model to survive, but we have the opportunity to thrive. Absolutely. So we're stuck in the survive model and that's still how we're brought up. That's still how we're taught. That is still how society is structured mm-hmm. and how all society societal norms are, but we have the ability to thrive. And I think we're, you know, we're slowly figuring that out but the the remnants of the survive <laughs> like yeah. blueprint are are still very much in place <laughs> along those lines i wanted to ask you speaking of surviving <laughs> speaking of the unhappiness 
that is just kind of the the norm. What for you was the breaking point? Because I think this to me, and I don't, I, I have a feeling this is probably similar for you as a coach, but for me, it's like, how can I get people to kind of this surviving to thriving thing without them having to go through a really breakdown moment? Because I know I've <laughs> had that. I know you've had that. So yes. walk me through your breakdown moment a little bit, how that looked and then what you gained from it. So how that looked, <laughs> like I said, so I was working in this job for over 10 years and I was kind of living in a fog and just my normal was anxiety and depression and sickness and, you know, whatever. And I kind of made this choice to say, okay, this is how, this is just how life is, this is how it's going to be. Um, and so I talk about this a lot that sometimes you don't have a choice sometimes you don't have a choice when it's time to heal. Sometimes you don't have a choice when it's time to jump off the cliff. Sometimes the universe, God source just pushes you because it's like, Nope, that's, this is not, this is not. So I, I was so resigned to live in this, this foggy depressed state and the universe was like, Nope, not happening. (laughs) And then everything just started to go to shit. So like, I didn't want to work anymore. I like my, like, work ethic went down. I started, I was just like fighting with everyone. I was not a good person to be around. I didn't want to go to work. I didn't want to do anything. And that's when I ended up quitting. And it was like, it was like a breakdown, but it was like a mini breakdown because there was that relief in quitting. There was that relief in like letting go of all of that. And so for a while I was in that relief. I was in that, you know, in that state. And, you know, I was kind of like, but I was still it was like a mini breakdown because I was still in that survival mode. I was still just kind of living in this fog and just trying to find something else to replace what I had just let go of, which was the, the starting my VA business. Um, so I was still kind of in that like fog. It wasn't until like six months later when I decided, okay, you know, I like money was running out, everything was running out. And like, I had a complete like, breakdown and I was like crying, sobbing, like, what the heck am I going to do? What am I doing? Where do I go from here? (laughs) You know, what's supposed to happen? And it was just a very like lonely time. And that's what happens during a breakdown. It can be like when it's a serious breakdown, it feels very isolating and very lonely and very uncomfortable and awful. And you're like, what the hell did I just do? And, but the alternative how I knew I was kind of like in this breakthrough moment was I had a choice. I could always go back to office work always. I mean, that's always an option, but the thought of going back to office work was worse than me. That was felt like worse than me wanting to just trudge through the crap <laughs> and go forward and move on to something else. So that's kind of when I knew I was like, Oh, okay. I want to do something else. I want to be something else. I want to be something more because the thought of going back to office work just made my skin crawl. I couldn't do it. I couldn't. (laughs) I would rather just go forward into the dark unknown (laughs) than to go back to that. (laughs) It's crazy, isn't it? I feel like for, for those of us who have worked in that space and experienced how it just doesn't work for us, we we can take a lot of flack for, for taking that stance of, Mm -hmm. I, I will not go back to that. I cannot go back to that because, you know, it's still, and I think both of us would very much admit, like, we understand that, you know, there's still a lot, like it's, that's still a privileged position, right? It's still a privileged Mm -hmm. position to be sitting at a desk, to be, you know, not in a coal mine somewhere or like doing this crazy intense labor. So because I know I've felt a lot of fear of like judgment or shame or guilt around telling people that because I've, I've said the same thing. You know, my, my youngest sister is partially through, she's like halfway through college. And so she's much younger than me. And, <laughs> um, you know, she'd asked me recently, as she's trying to figure out what to do with her life. She asked me, she was like, you know, would you, cause she's seen my journey, right? She's, mm-hmm. she's seen, all my steps. And she's like, would you ever go back to your office job? And I was just like, 
no, <laughs> I, I just wouldn't. And it, it is crazy to say because, or, or I know it can sound crazy to, to some people because, um, you know, I, I think both of us had plenty of financial security in those positions and would be guaranteed that if we went back and because that is a place where so many people are stuck, it's hard for them to fathom not taking that opportunity. Right. But it's kind of not realizing then or not understanding that we all have things that work and don't work for us. And Mm -hmm. Like you were saying, it's funny because, I mean, same exact thing for me. It's like, I would rather continue to struggle and trudge through the unknown and at least have hope that something on the other side is better as opposed to sitting in a place where I know there is no hope, you know? Exactly. And that's the thing. Like it's, it's people get caught up like you, like you said, with the stability, with the money, with like, I mean, I had like so many bonuses and like, they took us on trips to Cancun and like all this crap. And so when I quit, everybody thought I was freaking crazy. And maybe I was, but I was so like, lured by what's on the other side of that. Because, because with all of the money and all the trips and all the whatever, I was still unhappy. I was so, so unhappy. So if I can get to a place where there's happiness then then all of the the shiny other stuff doesn't matter because in myself deep inside myself i'm happy and that's that's worth everything to me that's worth absolutely freaking everything to me mm mhm i feel you there i i want to come back to your side of the story but real quick i just want to mm-hmm. say that that's something i tell people all the time is like when i switched from my desk job to at the time it was personal training and I didn't make shit for money that first year. But I knew in that moment that I would never go back because the feeling, I'm like, it's apples and oranges. You can't compare the quality of life yeah. of office job to personal training for me. But it was just it, it, like not comparable at all. And so I think the the biggest thing, the first step is being able to understand and feel happiness. Mm-hmm. And once you feel that, that becomes kind of your guiding light of like, okay, this is what I need to go towards. This is something that's possible. So I believe the first step is like figuring out that it's possible. So my question for you is once you saw that, once you kind of like felt that energy or saw that light, how did you kind of like follow the breadcrumbs (laughs) to, to know how to create more happiness or what was right for you? So when, once I got that glimpse <laughs> of how life could be, the only way to move towards it, and, and, and it's, and it's going to sound like weird to say that, but the only way to move towards it is to move towards it. And that means like you're going to have to confront things that aren't so fun. Like you're going, you're going to have to confront why you stayed at a job for 10 years you didn't like. You're going to have to confront why you had relationships that you didn't like you're going to have to figure out if you can live without making $80,000 a year like you're to get to those happy places you really have to shed all the layers of the way that you were living and confront why you continue to live that way when you were unhappy so it's a lot of self-reflection it's a lot of digging down and to find out who you are and 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 why you've made the decisions that you've made it's confronting the relationships you've had in your life how you grew up how people treated you when you grew up and and confronting just really icky awful things but it's the only way that you can get to that to that next level you have to shed all of the crap to get to the good stuff I am so happy you said that. Like, (laughs) you just put it so, so well. That's truly, really the only way you can do it. There's a process of, I mean, exactly like you said, it's shedding. You have to deconstruct in order to rebuild, in order Mm -hmm. to get back to something. Because, like, the whole framework of your life 
you have to tear it down <laughs> in mm-hmm. order to mm-hmm. build it back up in a way that makes sense because the way you're living now or the, the way you have been living for the past, you know, whatever it is. So like in your case, 10, 15 years, all that is, is kind of a lie really. Yeah. And so you Absolutely. have to, yeah. So like you have to reconstruct your reality from the absolute ground up. And for me, for what I've experienced and the whole reason I created the podcast is, you know, to share stories like yours so that people can really see the reality of it. Because I think a lot of people will just say, oh, well, like I need the money or, oh, like mm-hmm. I-, I can't go without that security or, oh, like this is just the job that I know how to do. And they quickly write it off as that when I definitely think that most people know on some level even if it is like a buried level, (laughs) like they know that they would need to confront a lot of other shit and they're just Mm -hmm. not willing to do it. And, and I get it. I'm not, you know, I'm not shaming or just like discrediting anybody that doesn't want to do that because it's scary and it's hard Mm -hmm. and it's Mm -hmm. a lot of fucking work. (laughs) And so of course you would avoid it. But the thing is the, the short term pain, even if that pain lasts for years, you know, that's still short term compared to long term of your life. So I think, you know, you would attest to this too, but it's like, it's so worth going through that pain. It's so worth figuring those things out. Yeah. It's like, you don't realize, you don't realize how, how detached you are from happiness until you get that glimpse. (laughs) And then it's like, it's like, once you do, like you said, you just can't go back. You just can't go back to what you were doing. Like just that tiny little glimpse is worth everything. So yeah. Yeah. And it does, it sucks. It sucks to have to, because I think a lot of times when people think of like this path to happiness, like it is this straight line, but it's not like you go back 15 steps and you revert and then you have to go back. I mean, then you go forward, then you go back again, you go forward. It's like, all over the place and you're going to think you're crazy and you're going to think you're, you know, just there's something wrong, but there's not. It's just, that's the process. (laughs) Honestly, that's just the process. Yes, it totally is. And that's such an awesome thing for listeners to really understand too, because it can feel so frustrating. And so like you said, the, the process usually is isolating. You feel crazy because you're breaking down all these norms because you're breaking down all the things that you thought you knew about yourself, about the world, about just how things work. I mean, you're literally reconstructing your reality. So Mm -hmm. I very appreciative that you brought it to light that it is not a linear process. And all that really matters is that the trend line is going up, right? (laughs) Exactly. Like as long as you're, (laughs) as long as you're trending in that direction, that's truly what matters. Exactly. One other question I wanted to ask you with this process, you know, so we're talking a lot about the the kind of rebuilding process. Always curious about relationships. What did that look like for you in terms of through kind of like the the breakdown through this eye-opening and rebuilding process for you? What was going on in your relationships as this was happening? So it was a lot of not talking to people, (laughs) Um, which is very, uh, it was tough for me because my best friend that I've had since like I was 15 or something, we talked every single day. But as I was going through this, I had to take a step back. And that meant not talking to friends that meant not talking to some family members. And so it can be very difficult because people think that you're mad at them or that it's something that they're doing. And it's really not. It's just, I had to not have outside influence so that I could really figure out what I wanted and what felt right for me in my life. Um, without, um, just input from other people. It had to be a very honest experience with myself and me really confronting myself. And because for me, when I'm trying to make a decision, I'm like asking everybody, I'm asking my mom, I'm asking my friend, I'm asking, you know, like, what do you guys think? Should I do this? Should I do this? And when you're on this journey, it's like, 
you don't, not that you don't want to ask people, but that it's very necessary for you to figure out what, what you want, what you specifically without any outside influence want. So it was a lot of not talking to people. And so my relationships with my friends did suffer. I'm single, so I didn't have to deal with like a husband or anything like that, which can be on another level, it's its own challenges. But I did have to really separate myself from from people and from family members that didn't agree with what I was doing. And so those relationships have kind of like went away, basically. And uh, I can kind of count on one hand the people that stuck with me through all of this. But that's what happens. It's like you learn, you learn who you actually want in your life. You learn who is going to stick by you through the tough times. You learn so much and it's really painful and really isolating, but it's again, a necessary part of the process. Some relationships will suffer, but the ones that you're meant to have will, will still be there once you come out of this, this darkness. Hmm. Hmm. I love how you wrapped that up there. It's just kind of the, <laughs> the perfect little bow on that because it's true. It's, and that's why I think this is such an important question because we are inherently beings that need connection, right? We need mm-hmm. connection. We need support. You know, even those of us who who want to push through and do everything on our own and be strong and capable, like um, not me at all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. No, you really do start to realize who unconditionally supports you and and the nature of those relationships. And I think that this is a, a really scary thing for people is to assess relationships. Mm-hmm. Because again, I think this is another one of those things that most people know on some level that, you know, we all know what relationships are serving us and which ones aren't but we're holding on to so many for whatever reason. Right. Yeah. And it can be a really um, just like uprooting and uncomfortable process to, to really look at, is this relationship good for me? Is it not? And it's, it's really kind of cut and dry. And if you just feel your energy when thinking about those people or spending time with them, it's, it's pretty straightforward. It's, but it's not easy. Yeah, not at all. And, and, and we just get so like, you know, friends I've had for like 10, 15 years, like I no longer talk to because even though I knew deep down that those relationships, relationships were not serving me, those friendships weren't serving me. I still held on to them for some God awful reason, but (laughs) until I started like learning about myself and learning what my boundaries are and learning what I will accept in my life now and the energy that I will accept in my life now, I was just so content to just be in those really unhealthy, uncomfortable friendships and relationships. So, yeah. Along those lines, what is it now that you look for in terms of, of like when you're looking for people that, friends with them or like have some type of relationship with them, even any type of like romantic partners. Is there a certain feeling or criteria that you're looking for? Like, how is that for you? Um, I don't think there's anything like, there's not, I don't like I have a checklist or anything, (laughs) but me is based off of energy. I'm very much a person when I am with people, I like them to feel perfectly okay being exactly who they are. I don't want people to have to like put on a mask or put on airs or, you know, pretend to be something they're not. I like people to like let their freak flag fly and just be who the heck they are. And so the people that I have in my life are people that feel the exact same way that everyone is valid being exactly who they are. And that's kind of the energy that I look for when I look for friendships or relationships or, you know, just acquaintances or who I, you know, meet on the street or whatever is just that that tolerance and that love for for people just being who they are because and I think that stems from me always being told to be somebody else like you know you're too mm-hmm. sensitive you're too this you're too that and so when I encounter people that are like no be sensitive be this you know be who you are then that's that's the energy that I'm drawn to I love that and I'm the exact same way it's like that's the type of person I want to be around. That's who I'm drawn mm-hmm. to. 
And I, I like you, I'm very sensitive to energy. And so just, um, and I'm very in tune with my own energy. So it's like, I can pretty quickly tell if this person is draining me or, (laughs) oh yeah, or, or if it's somebody that I'm like drawn to and want to be around. And so, sorry, I kind of like got distracted there for a second. I'm like, going to take this down another road, but I didn't want to get too far off the, off of where I want to take this. It really, it's really powerful once you can start to feel that and feel again, kind of going back to the happiness thing. It's like, once you can feel what real, truly supportive relationships are, it's it's powerful. It's really awesome to, to feel that. And you quickly, again, all of a sudden it's like, you just don't have a tolerance for anything else. And it's not because (laughs) part of my experience was like, I have no ill will towards people that I stopped communicating with or kind of like let, you know, fall by the wayside, or I needed to like actively cut out of my life throughout my journey. But there's just not, time and space for it. Like I want to be around people who are constantly lifting me up. I don't want to feel like I'm being dragged down. And right. that's, you know, so it's just um, feeling that is really a really beneficial thing. Like once you know what that feels Absolutely. like. Absolutely. And you're so right. Once you get that, once you do have that support system and you do have relationships around you that are amazing and you realize, wow, this is what I've been missing out on. It's like, you don't accept anything less anymore. You don't accept energy that's not aligned with who you are and where you want to go. It's just, you just don't accept it anymore. Yeah. So I want to swing this a little bit towards specifically empaths, mm-hmm. HSPs. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just quickly start with, if they have never heard those terms before, what are like the kind of like the quick and easy checklist to be like, yes, this is me. <laughs> What would that look like? So if you don't know that you're an empath and you kind of like uh, need a checklist to figure it out or, you know, just that checklist, it would be that you're very sensitive to the energy that's around you. For me, what kind of was my like flag was that when I was in the room with people, I could feel what they were feeling. If they were anxious, I could feel that they were anxious. If they were sad, I could feel that they were sad. And I was kind of taking on that energy and like with empaths, it's very energy based with highly sensitive people. It's very like environmental. So, um, loud noises, violence on TV is really just jarring for us. We're very sensitive to just like, to just like sounds and smells and fabrics and just that kind of thing. So I think they kind of go hand in hand, but they're also very separate. I like to say that empaths is energy and the highly sensitive people is environment if that makes sense. (laughs) Perfect. Yep. No, totally. And as you were going through that, I'm like, yep, definitely both of those things. (laughs) But it's, it's, it's very validating to once you, I want to hit on this because like, once you are like, I'm not crazy, I'm not because, you know, for the most of the world, that's not that we get this messaging of like, you need to like not be so sensitive, like don't let that mm. stuff affect you so much. You know, it's always interesting for me as a guy to feel really sensitive and to be really intuitive and in touch with energy. So like all those things were, I kind of like pushed those out and, and those are the best parts of me, which is the funny right. thing. Like those right. are, and, and you know, this is exactly what you figured out in your journey too, is like, those are the parts of me that make me really that's what makes me special, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> um, that's like, that's your superpower. It is. It is. And that's like with coaching and stuff. And that like over the years with, you know, starting in personal training and then shifting into the coaching that I'm doing now, that's what I realized working with people. It's like, oh, like I didn't, I didn't really put two and two together that I always knew people felt comfortable around me, but I didn't really put into words why. But then once I had an understanding that, oh, not everybody is empathetic. Not everybody can feel this safe space that you provide. Not everybody feels listened to by another human being. Like all those things, that's for me, it was just so eye-opening. This, like what is one of my gifts is something that I pushed down for so long just because 
And I'm not saying I wasn't those things. I was those things just because that's, you know, who I am as a person, but I wasn't capitalizing on it. And I wasn't, there's a totally different thing that happens once you are aware of your strengths, because then to be able to build on them instead of kind of shoving them off to the side or even worse, downplaying them, Mm -hmm. you're just in a totally different world, right? Yeah, absolutely. When you because I lived this way for years <laughs> when you completely like just shove down your gifts and try to be like, you're always, I felt like I was always trying to be something else. Like my gifts were trying to like come out. They were trying to just be like, no, you know, talk to us, acknowledge us. And I just kept shoving them down. And so you just live in this like just uncomfortable, like you just move through the world uncomfortable. And once you start to really claim who you are you claim those sensitivities you claim those gifts it's like this this sense of confidence and ease it's like and you're like wait was it always this easy to just be myself you know (laughs) like you you spend so much time trying to be something else and it's so difficult it's so hard and like everything takes effort that when you really start to become yourself it just gets so easy it's so easy Isn't that so, funny? Yeah. It's like, yeah. and that's truly, that's like what is at the heart of this podcast for me and why I created it is just, it is so easy, but we make it so damn difficult yes. and yes. so complex when it's like, if we could just acknowledge these things and, uh, but I'm, I'm going to say here too, like we shouldn't hold that against ourselves. Like that should not be something we shouldn't be resentful of ourselves for that. We don't have a lot of support in that growing up. That's one of those things that, you know, kind of my, my, my big like way off goals for me, it's like, how do we implement that for, for younger people and the younger generations, Mm -hmm. right? Like how is that something that we build into education systems or, you know, like how does that look so that we don't get to this point when we're 30, 40, 50, you know, hopefully before then we can really start figuring this out. And to tie all of that together, like, I think the importance is, okay, like our personal happiness is key, right? Like we all are worthy of living a life of happiness. What I think is so incredible about this, what really has been the the thing that is so fascinating to me is like, not only do we gain this personal happiness when we find these things out, but we also then benefit everybody else so much more. And we start to create this ripple effect. It's like when we can truly become who we already were or who we've been this whole (laughs) time and use those gifts, then and only then can everybody else around us start feeling that. And can we create the impact that, you know, a lot of us really want to create? Yeah. And that's the thing. I think as, enlightened empaths enlightened highly sensitive people when we really start to spread that message we reach people that are in the situation that we were in you know years ago and i think us just reaching out our hand and saying hey i'm i made it on the other side like you know it's okay like come with me <laughs> you know i can show you the way i think it, it helps so many people because we're so as empaths as highly sensitive people we're so used to like hiding and just And when we find our people, it's just like this revelation because we're like, oh, there are people out there that are like me. And so I think it's so important for me, for you, that we, that we do this kind of work so that the people that are still in hiding know that they have resources, they have someplace to go and that they're not, they don't have to do it on their own. You know, they don't have to just continue to just live in hiding basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's kind of the last thing I want to touch on before I've got like one little segment I want to go through with you before we wrap up here. But along okay. those lines for somebody that is an empath or an HSP and even if, you know, if, if you're, if you're listening to this and just kind of piecing it together now, or if you've realized this, but you're still kind of stuck in the struggle of how do I really express myself? How do I do this in a way that feels safe and comfortable to me? or in a way that feels good. Like if somebody is in that space early on in their empath HSP awareness, uh, what would you say to them in terms of 
like next steps kind of like how do you break through to that next level of really being comfortable in your own skin two things one which i say all the time and i should have it somewhere like i need a (laughs) t-shirt to just like get a journal and just start writing Mm. like it doesn't matter if it makes sense it doesn't matter like doesn't have to have any kind of structure just start to get on paper what's in your head that helps a lot. That helps a lot with clarity. It helps you just like, just get it out. So it's not just sitting there and festering in your head. Um, so I would say one is just to start journaling, just start, start journaling your thoughts, your feelings, journal, what you ate, how you woke up, how you were, you know, just anything just to, just to start writing and just getting kind of that energy flowing with empaths and high sense of people. We have so much energy flowing through us and not all of it is ours. And so that helps you kind of just uh, get it all out and start to really recognize what is really your energy or what is somebody else's. And then also is pick up a hobby. So it, and it doesn't have to be anything like crazy. Like it could be gaming. It could be whatever, just pick up a hobby. It could be painting, sculpting, just do something to give that energy another place for that energy to go. And then you start to realize, or you start to recognize, okay, um, like, this is how I express myself, whether it could, you know, like I said, it could be gaming and could just be like doing something silly. Um, but just have those places for that energy to go so that it can like move through your body. And once it moves through your body, it starts to clear up everything and things start to get a lot clearer. And um, you start to recognize who you are and those kind of like little hidden pieces of yourself that you, uh, that you hide away, start to start to break through a little bit. And so those are like, some baby steps that I think that you can take to, to really start to become more of who you are and start to show that to the world. Those are absolutely incredible <laughs> steps. Thank you so, so much for sharing. Absolutely. Those. Absolutely. Oh, it's amazing. As you were saying that, uh, the, so first of all, with the journaling, absolutely love that as a, as a coach, you know, I, I use journaling <laughs> a lot with my clients and am a, Oh, the journaling is just so powerful. It's been something that's been great for me. And I know there's probably some people that, that immediately causes a little bit of resistance, but truly, like you said, it allows energy to flow. And mm-hmm. so if you're out there being like, Oh, like, I don't know, that doesn't feel that great. You know, all that like pent up energy, that anxiety, all like all that stuff that's inside of yeah. you and you just want to get rid of there you go. Like, yeah. And it's not a magic, it's not a magic pill, but like the amount of just kind of like relief that's going to give you to get that shit out. And then like you said, Mm -hmm. I I really love what you said of as empaths, we hold not only our own energy, but the energy of others. And that allows you the ability to see, Oh, that is my energy. Oh, that's some Mm -hmm. other energy that I've Mm -hmm. just been holding onto that I thought was mine, but is not. Now you have the power to let go of that exactly. instead of holding on to that. So exactly. I love, love that. And then the second part, actually, that's new to me. So I'm very <laughs> grateful for you sharing that because as you were saying that, I was like, oh, like I always, I was always like super into something growing up. I always had an obsession of some sort mm-hmm. and, and usually <laughs> it was with sports or um, like some sort of activity. Uh, but I always, it was something where I would just get like so, so into. And as you were talking, it was like, Oh, because this is what I could channel all my energy into mm-hmm. all of it. And it just felt so good. And I always needed that outlet. So that totally makes sense. So thank you. i totally appreciate that and it's like it's a way to shut your brain off like when I'm painting or I'm like you know just playing on the computer or something it's just a way for me to shut my brain off so I'm not over obsessing about things and that also is when you start to get downloads and you start to hear little messages from the universe like oh okay go this way go this way and so it just gives your mind something else to concentrate on so that you're not obsessing you know about just life (laughs) basically love it so good I would say anybody could use those two tips, but especially for those of you who are empaths, HSPs, like take that stuff to the bank. Layla is sharing the goods here. (laughs) Uh, Layla, I've had so much fun. I've got one more little segment for you. So this is 
what I like to call the visionary hat trick. Oh, hockey term. <laughs> hockey term, if you're not familiar. I truly believe that we are all visionaries. And we have the ability to create something. And this is where, you know, you get a little bit more spiritual about it. But like, I feel like we all have a purpose. We all have a gift. We all have something that we can be sharing. And so, you know, we've talked about the power of acknowledging that and stepping into that. Mm -hmm. So I think it's then like just kind of living this out, right? So I've got three questions for you. Um, they're, if you can't answer any of them, don't worry about it. They're really not that serious. Uh, they're just kind of like fun, kind of like a fun way to end the combo. So if you're ready for it, basically just like give me like a 30 second, just like a quick, quick answer to these. Okay. I'm ready. All right. First one, share one belief that you have that sounds wild or you worry about being judged for. Hmm. That I worry about being judged for. I don't know. Oh my gosh. What is that? Maybe I guess the first thing that came to mind was being vulnerable in your, in your business and in your marketing. So (laughs) when you're, when I was like, you know, building this business, I always, I was still in like that kind of like corporate world mindset where, you know, you have to just be professional. You have to, you know, put on a mask. You have to be this thing. Um, But what I've come to realize is that the more vulnerable that I am in my business, because my, I am my business, the more vulnerable that I am, the more that I show who I am, the more powerful I become. But it's always that fear of being judged for my experiences and how I move through the world that kind of stops me sometimes. But inevitably, every time I am vulnerable, I get people coming to me saying, thank you for sharing that. That really helped me. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Vulnerability. Mm-hmm. that's that's a tough one but that's where the, that's where the magic's at right oh absolutely so, so scary <laughs> um second question when you realize your big vision and notice i said when not if what does that look like and what impact does that have so my big vision i'm just gonna tell you what my big vision is is to just have a space i don't know what that entails yet but it's still in my head it's just a space where empaths and highly sensitive people can get the resources that they need, whether they're just starting out in business, whether they are still starting their spiritual journey and having to go like dig through all their shadow work and do all of their just uncomfortable work and just have like this central space with, you know, support groups and business resources and all of that. That's kind of the space I want to create. So I don't know how that, what that looks like yet, but it's a feeling of just being empowered and being able to empower people on their journey because I know what it feels like to just not know that there are other people out there like you and it's very lonely. And I want, like, like you were saying earlier with younger people, I want them to know that there's a place for them to go so that they don't have to pretend to check off these things on their list and really dig deep into who they are to figure out who they want to be so that they don't have to reach 40 and then figure out, Oh wait, that's, I didn't want to do that ever. (laughs) You know? Mm -hmm. So I just want to, I want a space for all of us to just come together, but just have all of these resources available to us so that we don't feel so alone. Awesome. And also I just wanted to quickly note for anybody that's listening, the awesome thing about, and, and scary thing about having a vision <laughs> is that you don't always know how it's going to work. So I just want to say to you, I love that you <laughs> are like, have the courage to acknowledge that and just kind of put it out in the open of like, I don't know what this looks like, but I know what it feels like. I know exactly what it feels like. And to me, yeah. that's what a vision is. And I, yeah. again, I work with that with my clients. of so like, you need to have such an emotional tie to that. You don't need to know the specifics at all. And that's the thing that's really hard for us as humans and how Mm -hmm. we were Mm -hmm. raised, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. we want the specifics. We want to know how. We want to know how things are going to happen, how they're going to work, what they look like. So stepping back from that and being able to tie to how it feels instead of Mm -hmm. what it looks like is really difficult, but it's really powerful because once you can allow yourself 
to focus on that and kind of let go of your need for control of how it's going to happen. That I, what, like from what I've witnessed is like where the magic really happens for people. So oh, it's yeah. a scary place, oh, yeah. but it's powerful. Absolutely. And it's like, like you said, you just have to, you have to forget the how you can't, you just can't control the how you just have to know this is where I want to go. And the universe will start to give you those resources. Just don't, it's hard to say, don't worry about the how, but, (laughs) and it takes a lot of practice to not worry about the how, but you just can't, you just, you just can't worry about it. You just have your vision and know that it will, it will happen. And be open to all the things that happen that feel like, understand that we as humans are the ones that label things good and bad. Yes. But everything that happens, it's an experience that we can learn from. So if you can be open to that, instead of attaching an emotional component to, you know, failure, failure is something that we are just taught is like, you know, don't like, don't let that happen. Like stay away from that. Don't let that. And when really any, you know, any successful person will tell you that they gain the most from their failures. So they try Mm -hmm. to fail more and try to fail Mm -hmm. faster. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So just, yeah, like be open, be open to every, every experience because the how doesn't feel straightforward or painless. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) Uh, Love it. Last question that we're kind of like zooming way out here. What is your hope for humanity? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. Just, just like, just throwing that big one out there right at the end. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, I guess I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it. It's small, but it's big. So just more compassion. I think I want to see a world that is more compassionate and that's on both sides of the spectrum. Um, uh, I, I just feel like we're so used to judging people regardless of what they believe or they think or they eat or they whatever. And we're all just kind of like stumbling through this journey. We're all trying to find our feet. We're all trying to live a life that's right for us. And only we as individuals know what that means. And so just be more compassionate of the things that people go through, be more compassionate of where they are in their lives. I always say people can only meet you where they are at their, where they are in their healing. So it's like, sometimes they're not going to understand where you're coming from. They're not going to understand your beliefs. They're not going to understand why you do what you do. And that's okay. That doesn't mean you have to be best friends with them. It's just acknowledge that and, and realize that they're on their own journey and they may not be there yet. Um, so I think just more compassion. I don't know if that's going to happen, (laughs) but I just, again, we're all just human beings. We're all stumbling. We're all on this, on this rock trying to figure out what we're, what we're, what we're doing every day. And, and yeah, I think we just need to be more careful of each other and more, more compassionate and more loving. Mm. I'm right there with you. <laughs> right there with you. So good. Oh, well, thank you so much. I feel like we've been talking for 10 minutes and it's been an hour already. It's crazy how, how fast time flies. I feel like we can go into so much more, but I just wanted to thank you for being open to doing this, to talking today. You know, I got stuff Absolutely. out of this. I I hope that everybody else got stuff out of this. Thank you for being here and truly thank appreciate you for your time me. and your energy. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. I had so much fun. Again, it did feel like 10 minutes and yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, before we sign off here, where can people find you? Um, where I mostly hang out is Instagram at the herbal empath. Um, that's where you can always find me. I'm always in stories and posting and things like that. And you can always shoot me a DM if you have questions. Awesome. I'm going to put all that down in the show notes below and yeah, that's it for today, guys. Thanks so much for listening. I'll talk to you guys soon. Hey yo, thanks so much for listening. I truly hope you enjoyed today's episode. Just a reminder that all the relevant links can be found in the show notes below, as well as that of our free Facebook community, where all the cool kids are at, just being ourselves, sharing our gifts, and supporting the hell out of one another. So come on in, introduce yourself, and join the party. See you in there.